I do have a separation agreement. I haven't signed it yet. <laughs> but, but there's did, like a we are live just so you know everyone out there we're kind of live because this will be released at a, at a later date but today oh, okay no okay. no no, no. We're, we're, i just you know before we say talk about separation agreements which is good it sounds now we sound real top secret uh everyone out there listening you're listening to dissecting popular itineraries today we're talking with mike johnson and i'm just gonna let you say it you know first of all Global Vice President, Network Infrastructure and Security, got on the call, and you said, "In order for me, to, I, I realized that in order for me to be successful in technology, I realized what I had to do it somewhere else." Great, so awesome. Because think of how many people are stuck. Or think about how many how how many people want to grow and just don't have the you know cojones so to speak to do that. Well, it, it was kind of an alignment of a lot of different things. There was no single straw that broke the proverbial camel's back, so to speak. <laughs> um, one was you know we when I started and the way when I when I came to the realization I needed to leave and I had to have the conversation with the boss, I sat him down and I used an analogy. I said, when you hired me 10 years ago, you needed a house. You know, you hired me to get a handle on it, standardize everything, bring everything up to, you know, to modern speed, you know, like take the 1990 phone system that you had to transfer call to, you put it on hold and yelled across the room, Hey, pick up line four. Yeah. You know, love it. Key system. Key system, Key and, system. And, and all that stuff. Yeah. And so I said, you know, you hired me to build you a house. So I built you a house and you've moved in and now you need someone to shovel your sidewalk and mow your lawn. <laughs> and I'm not your guy for that. I want to go build another house. <laughs> I love it. And, and he got it. He, he got it. But another thing, what led me to that decision was I'd been on a, a journey lately to explore what it is to be an IT leader. Mm. Um, you know, I'm director in name only just because I was the first IT guy at the company. Um, when we grew to the point that they were working me to death and I started experimenting with some SQL because I refused to believe a vendor's estimate that it took 10 hours to email a CSV file every 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> but uh, I started doing some some development work and they're like, let's get you some help. You know, So they got me a desktop guy. Well, and then a couple of years later, I end up with a senior developer who's working remotely and we're doing all this automation stuff. And, and so it wasn't like I was a director because I'm an executive. It was, I was a director because I built everything there. So it's an Who interesting problem. Really, were they, were they going to bring someone else in from the outside to tell me how to run the stuff I created and I picked out and I implemented and I maintained over 10 years? It's an interesting, very interesting problem or issue that I think more, more people have. So you did everything. Well, you're already the leader. That, you're so let's just stamp, let's just stamp the leadership title on your thing. But right, 
there's no so let's, let's, stock options let's or put quotes around. Yes, there's none of that. Plus, we were in a small family-owned company, so there was no thing such thing as an annual review. Uh huh. Um, well, that's a, like, that can be a good thing. I mean, uh, not really, because <laughs> well, also as the IT director, I had no budget. I didn't get a budget. I had to go hat in hand and beg for what I wanted or needed, or I had to beg for forgiveness afterwards. Hmm. Um, and sometimes you have to just, you know, make a, a gut decision on that. Did you measure um, results though? Because if you had, if you now have an in-house senior dev guy, someone at some point must have seen some sort of monetary benefit or return on investment. Well, so <laughs> that's another thing. I, I had always assumed the way to show value was to be the can do, never say no, always get it done, do whatever it takes kind of attitude. Hmm. And what I learned was, yeah, that's good for the business. And while your intentions are to show that you're a team player and you're on board, what actually happens is you devalue the work that you do. Mm. And therefore, you give them gourmet IT on tap, on demand, and they come to expect that <laughs> every single time as the norm. <laughs> so then when you stumble at all, it's a completely huge failure. And, and you know, uh, to Greg Altman, which is one of your former guests, yeah. I actually reached out to him. And uh, I, it, because he was like talking about the difference between pressure and stress. And he said, I don't know if that makes any sense. And I stopped the episode and I wrote to him on, on LinkedIn. And I said, I get exactly what you mean. Like, I don't need someone to come yell at me about the system being down. Trust me. I know and I'm already beating myself up more than anyone could possibly do. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you, uh, I might cry. I might cry to know that you've listened to an episode, paused it, and reached out to somebody. <laughs> People are listening. Um, <laughs> are listening. Uh, well, it, it moved me to the point. And there was another thing he said that really hit me hard which was a place can get you believing things about yourself that aren't true. Mm. And if you would have asked me two or three months ago, if I thought what, what I thought my value was, you would get a much different answer than you would have today. The gourmet, the gourmet IT on tap on demand. That is, that is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) It's just beautiful. we need to give them we need to give them like what do we need to give them like uh we need to give them like taco bell like seven layer burrito with six layers regularly and then only feed them you know this the 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 filet mignon like like when they deserve it and pay for it what i've learned is it and how i've gotten i mean i I dropped out of college. I did everything backwards. I dropped out of college, started an internet service provider back in the mid-90s. Then I went into consulting. Then I met my wife 
got a real job on a help desk and worked my way up. It's not backwards. So I, I mean, Bill Gates dropped out, right? Bill Gates was in my brother's oh, class. Right. But usually you you work your way up from, you know, the mail room to the executive seat or the help desk to the executive chair. Then you go into consulting and then you might start a company. But yeah, I did it backwards. Um, but uh, uh, no, and I forgot what my my main point was that. You, well, you, first of all, and, and I'm ADD and I stayed back in first I'm, grade and that's my problem. So I derailed you and that's my fault. But you know, I'm ADD as well. So it, so yeah, this is a per- so this is a perfect disaster. This is <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Listen, you said you said something that's very powerful, and it's something that could not only change the the IT world if people get it. It could change a lot of people. And you said. The organization, and it's not necessarily the organization, it could be the family, it could be the people you surround yourself with, had me believing stuff about myself that's just not true. Right. That's um, uh, how many how many people are walking around thinking that they're not worthwhile or they're not good enough and they're not tapping into a power and level of strength, the human mind, um, that is really vastly underserved, underutilized. Well, and a lot of times are like, there's there's so many problems. There's the perception of value, like what the executive suite, and what I mean by executive suite is the non-IT executive suite tend to think that the stuff that is really hard is really easy. And they think the stuff that's really easy is really hard. What's, give me an like, example. Uh, for example, uh, we were doing a software upgrade, uh, upgrade and I needed to stand up some new servers for the new version of the software. I knew that's going to take me all of about 45 minutes to mm. provision those servers and, and, and have those ready. And I had the finance director just humping my leg saying, you know, where are the servers at? Where are the servers at? I'm like, what's the big deal? So finally, <laughs> I just did it and i came back to him like 45 minutes later i'm like they're done and he you know looked at me like that's it and i'm like yeah that wasn't hard but then you know something that's like super super hard where they think it might be easy is oh can you add this field to this report and it's a canned report <laughs> it's a canned report and so you have to reverse engineer the you know vendor's report and then figure out a way okay am i going to recreate that outside or am i going to try and edit their software how's mm. that going to affect like support am i going to break anything in the support agreement and they don't think about things like that they just want the new field on their report mm. yeah it does seem simple to them it's like adding a whole level of like, can we put this tab inside Salesforce? Can you do that for me? Right. Mm-hmm. And can we update all of our database? And can we can we just switch can, from can this? You just, when someone does when someone enters something in that system, can it just automatically appear over in this system? <laughs> well, yeah, it can. <laughs> and 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 the other thing is. Not treating IT as a business partner, but more like a vending machine. 
Mm. Yeah. Uh, where like you come to me with a solution instead of for a solution. Uh, here's a classic example. Um, I, my, I report to the company president and he has an assistant. His assistant sends me a link. Uh, I'm sorry. What was that? I don't know. You blipped out for a second. Technology. Oh, you know? So assistant sends I'm you a sorry. link. No, no, no. Assistant. Okay. Sends me a link. Uh, and it's to a PA system and six spe- uh, ceiling speakers. <laughs> and she said, I, we so I said, this. okay, I we bought it. I, I ordered it. <laughs> and she goes, okay, now I want you to uh, send me a plan for where you're going to put these speakers. Okay. So I went around the building. I took some pictures. I, I took a blueprint of the building and I mocked it up and said, here's where I'll put the speakers. And I, and then uh, she said, good. And then I said, what music would you like to play on these? And she replies, oh, this isn't for music. This is for sound masking. Wait, what? Okay. Like white noise? This is- like white noise? Yeah. Like this, yeah. Like <laughs> then she says, well, we have these spaces and we feel that people aren't using them because they think that People can hear them, so we'd like something to break up the 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 noise so that they can't hear it. And I'm like, okay, well that's okay. A, our building is huge. I did the math. We need something like 28 speakers just for one room. I mean, <laughs> and then you have, you know, sound masking isn't just playing some music and slapping some speakers up. You have to <clears throat> make sure you have. A channel and B channel and your ear interference match. Uh, how did that get approved? And how did that get approved? I'm just curious. That one. How did that get approved? There might be like a way. Approved? It's kind of like a shadow. It's kind of a shadow IT type of decision thing, you know, where someone made a decision uh, well, and handed it, it to you. It's the, it's the company president telling ah. his assistant You'll to buy these, yeah. have Mike have Mike order this. <clears throat> we got a new CRM. Um, can we get that in, please? Like next week. Well, uh, another one was we bought a new uh, a new ERP. Yeah, uh, I don't want to. I, I don't know how I how I should talk. I don't want to give away the industry, so I'll just say ERP. And they were like, "Oh, Mike, we just uh, decided to go with this ERP. We need here's the hardware requirements. Can you have these servers up uh, in four days?" So where's the disconnect? Where's the disconnect between you building the entire company up from 10 years and and not, like, where are you at fault? Let's just be honest. Let's do some soul searching. Where are you at fault? Because you built the entire thing from, from 10 years, and we need to be able to look inwardly and say, where did I go wrong from a leadership standpoint, or where was I not setting the right expectations where they're oh. making these decisions without me? And uh, sometimes it's just broken. Sometimes, like, you just need to move because the community, because there is no value in IT and it's broken. But other times you can create it or make sure that you kind of shoehorn your, shoehorn your way in there. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with just personalities. Um, in my meeting where I was, uh, after I had uh, thrown my little two-day strike where 
I had come to the realization that the only way I could show the value of IT was to withhold it. <laughs> yes. Just turn things off. So, so IT shrugged. <laughs> uh, and uh, it, it took uh, uh, all of about a day to get the attention. And, uh, um, you know, uh, when I did sit down at the table, I said, you know, I don't know if I have some crazy romantic notion about how it's supposed to go down in a family-owned company, but I've worked for you for 10 years. We've never once gone out for a drink. I've never been to your house for dinner. And he's like, well, I just don't do that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, fine. You know, but <laughs> it's like, you know, where I think the disconnect was, was we never talked. I had checked, and before that meeting, the last communication I had had with him was like two days short of a month prior. Yeah, that's was a team, was a Teams message I got from him uh, when I had uh, updated one piece of software. They had pulled a patch, so the version level on the client didn't match the server level, and therefore I told him not to worry about it. It wasn't a big deal, but I spent half a day proving that I was right. Well, at least you're using Teams. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that actually was uh, one that I took it upon myself to say, hey, I think this is a valuable tool. I'm going to push it out to everybody. And I got a message, Mike, what are you doing? Stop that immediately. <laughs> and then work from home hit. And Mike, we need to get Teams out to everybody. <laughs> The disconnect. Uh, this is I, I, so uh, key, though. This is it. This is the pivotal okay. issue for so many people. The disconnect between the communication and both sides need to take. Well, IT needs to take responsibility as, as leaders ourselves. If we want to grow as IT leaders, which is not me anyways, I'm just a dude with a long beard <laughs> sitting in an office talking with IT guys. But the if we want to do that, I think we need to take responsibility for our own level of communication because if we don't, no one's going to. We, we do. And I tried, I, and I even, I even have a recording of a one-on-one <laughs> we were doing weekly one-on-ones and I started with my standard spiel where I was going to update them on all the different departments and what I was doing for them. And I stopped and I said, and I won't use his name, but I said, Hey, I get the feeling I'm not meeting your expectations. Hmm. I want to meet them. In fact, I want to exceed them, but mm -hmm. I have no idea what they are. Hmm. Well, Mike, I don't think we've ever done it. I've ever done a good job of setting those for you. Okay. And then, okay. Acknowledgement, but nothing beyond that. Hmm. I had actually, uh, I had actually uh, talked to another peer in the industry at a conference and said, Hey, you know, this is kind of what I'm struggling with. I'm trying to get buy-in, a seat at the table so that I'm not an afterthought. I'm actually, you know, uh, a part of these decisions. He goes, well, you know, why don't you learn the business? And so I proposed to my boss, hey, why don't I do some job shadowing with all the departments? We have this upgrade coming up. It would be a perfect opportunity to connect with them, see what features might work for them. I could learn what their problems are. Mm -hmm. He got all excited about it. I was getting feedback, engagement. Around that time, I had a tech recruiter reach out, offer me a position, 25% more, was I could work remotely, sounded great, 
but I got renewed engagement from my boss. I was happy about it. I wanted to see where it went. So I passed on it. And then three weeks later, all the engagement stopped and I got nothing again. Hmm. Why the engagement stop? I'm just, I don't know. I did not get an answer. I don't know. If did you see holes? Did you see what, did you see layers? Were there layers or areas where it could add value during that time? Oh. Absolutely. Absolutely. For example, tons I mean, of value. Okay. And did we tons of value? I didn't know like uh just like analyzing communication paths. I had no idea that this one that we have two businesses actually, like two separate entities, but they're all served off the same network and systems. But I had no idea how much communication happened between two of those business units hmm. and between those two companies. And I could open up, I mean, that opened up a whole new array of questions I asked, would this help? Would this help? Yes, yes, yes. I have tons of buy-in from the business unit, hmm. but I, I can't get any engagement from management. Hmm. And so while I was on this kind of soul-searching thing while I'm doing this leadership class, I realized that I had all these, I was, I went to the class thinking I'm not an IT leader. I just don't have what it takes. And then I'm reading this book, which I, I can mention the title of later, but I, I'm reading through it. And I'm like, I have everything except I have no communication with my leadership. It sounds like you have all of it. To I mean, me. everything that I've done, I've done without that engagement. And just I got to thinking, well, just imagine what I could accomplish if I had that engagement with management. It sounds like a perception of value and an ability to communicate. Well, well, and that goes into the perception of value when you make things look, and I'm sorry if this sounds like bragging, but when you make it look easy, you know, like, Again, like one kid. Gourmet IT. One we do, well, one thing we do a lot of is, is electronic document interchange, EDI. I call it the non-standard standard. Uh, EDI is a four-letter word. It, it, it's terrible. Um, but I found we do a lot of it and I was in between our vendor and the trading partner. And then we brought in a third party so I could get less involved. And I was even more involved because then I was the go between, between the third party, the vendor and the trading partner. So out of frustration, I said, <clears throat> you know what, I'm just going to learn it and bring it in house. And so I did. And then we went from about 40% of all of our stuff coming through EDI to over 97 of all of our business comes through that way. And so that's value right there, especially when the vendor charges a lot for those setups. Uh, but all I did was I handed them another stick to beat me with. <laughs> because then it was, why isn't this working? Why isn't that working? Hey, we have these three new setups. Can you just do those on top of everything else that we're not going to ask you that you have going on? Hmm. You know, I still got to update Windows servers. I've still got to make sure the phone system works. I still got to, you know, make sure I've got enough bandwidth at our satellite offices. You know, I've got other things to do. All that stuff you could have just outsourced to me. If you had known me back then, I would have done all that for you for free. Well, you know, part of the uh, part of the realization of value was kind of funny because when we had the initial meeting, one of the demands I made in my two-day walkout was uh, you need to start calling <laughs> vendors and set up a meeting to outsource my role. 
And during the first meeting with the vendor, I could see the finance director turning green and I could see my boss squirming in his chair. And the vendor finally gets to, like, we're an hour in and he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to have to stop you there. This is a lot to unpack right here. And we hadn't even, we'd only covered like Windows servers and the hyperconverged virtualization stack. We hadn't even talked about the network or any of the development work and integration stuff I've done. Sounds like you need to start an MSP. Uh, you know, but that's, that's but another nightmare. <laughs> so it, it, it is. It <laughs> is. Maybe just work for an MSP. Just go work for an MSP. Uh, you know, that's kind of one. I'm right now. I don't know. So, and what's weird when you have no communication with your leadership, you don't know where you stand. And one thing I got to a point one of the other straws was I would come in every day and I had this anxiety because I didn't know is today the day they're going to come walk in and say, Mike, pack your stuff and go. Isn't that weird? Isn't that and how weird how first, you can do a two day? No, that's, not the, that's not the weirdest thing. This is the weirdest thing. The first time I felt any kind of job security is when I told my boss, I want to leave, and I think it's more complicated than me sneaking around behind your back, finding something, and handing you my two-week notice. And when he said, yeah, I don't want that, that was the first time in like four years I felt any kind of job security. I felt that before. When I said, I want to leave with no plan. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've felt that before. Where uh, you're literally doing everything. You see... You see the numbers, you can see the line items, you, and, and the, the only communication you ever get is, I don't know if I'd call it negative, but like negative feedback or like, how can we do better in this area? How can we do better in that area? And once in a great while, when you perform some massive feat of like, of massive feat of excellence, you get a, here's a $50 gift certificate to the Outback. You know. Well, what about the invisible wins? Mm. So this is what I like to talk about is the invisible wins. And uh, I actually, when the first time I brought this up uh, in a one-on-one, I had a complete look of shock, completely off guard. I said, did you realize that our main phone vendor was down for three days? <laughs> what? I mean, nobody complained, did they? Mm. Well, no, I didn't hear about that. I'm like, that's right. Because my backup business continuity plan worked. Mm. That's a win for IT. By the way, who was down for who was it. down for three days? It was a, a I, I can't give it away without giving away. Must have been a PRI or something. A yeah. very very small uh, hosting provider. Small regional no a regional uh, phone dial tone provider and ILEC. Okay, or no, not ILEC. CLEC. Uh, uh, okay. A competitive local exchange carrier. How long ago was it? Uh, that was probably two years ago. Oh, okay. So they had like a they had like a massive it, it was router, pre-COVID. edge router, it was insanity or something. It may have been that. It may have been some kind of a weird hiccup on our end because we were mm. we were new to SIP trunking, and I don't know exactly what. The fix was, but uh, yeah, there was lots of rebooting involved and lots of calls with three or two different vendors. My phone vendor and yeah. the uh, 
a phone provider. Yeah, telecom doesn't need to be that complicated anymore. Whenever someone starts talking about putting in a Cisco call manager, unless you're like 20,000 users or more, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, stop. I always used to say that, uh, you know, phones was a facilities thing until some dumbass had to go put it on the internet and make it IT's job. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. It's never never going to see a, the PBXs or sinking well, ships. And you know, you know that we are the corporate librarians. If you don't know, you ask IT. I've had people say, um, um, I've had people put in a ticket for um, fixing the hand dryer in the men's room. Uh, at a previous company, I got in trouble for going around and uh, looking at the, all the breaker boxes. Yeah. And he said that was mis- that was a maintenance or a facilities job. And I said, but they came to IT and said their computers were down. <laughs> uh, so if you don't know, you ask IT. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I asked in a in a in a leadership team meeting when when Randy shows up at five o'clock in the morning and the building's not here because a tornado hit it. Who does he call? And mm-hmm. and they pointed to me. Mm. Uh, well, why'd you call me? Well, we gotta get back in the system. I I imagine you like the awakening in uh, office space, where um, he's like every day gets worse. So like every day is the worst day of my life. <laughs> and then he has, yes, yes. and then he has an awakening. You know, he has well, an awakening, and, then, and he's like, wait a second, I am um like. I, I am good. Like I am valuable and everything that I do is amazing. And I feel like like that's what I'm well, speaking with. So what are you going to do? Well, that's, that's another thing is, so that my, my HR director kind of started this, this whole exact scenario of what went down was exactly what she was trying to prevent. So I have my assistant who's been with me for six years who I can't get him a raise and he wants one, needs one, deserves one but I can't seem to get it to him because I got HR in the other ear saying, how do we increase his value? Here, here's a, here's an, uh, just a question. I just want to lead you through this. Have you seen the PNL for the company? I have not seen the numbers, but I have been told that it is good. And okay. It doesn't matter. Plenty of cash. On the line item, the IT line item on the PNL, what percentage does IT take up of the, I don't know, say operating costs? You know, I should know that. So my question is, and the reason why I, I say that is because not, telecom. I know it's not, it's not near 3%. I can tell you that. I can that. tell you that telecom's under a percent <laughs> always. Telecom is always under 1%. But now let me ask you this. How much of the business thrives or would sink and come to a grinding halt if that line item just disappeared or shut down. There's only one, there's only one department in every company that can stop everything, and it's IT. Don't understand. I do not understand the logic. That are, that has to be the argument, right? And if you, I don't know if you heard that show that I did with... Uh, with um, Milo's topic, but he based his argument was like, tell me one company. I think it was him. I believe it was him. Maybe it wasn't. It might be someone else. Anyways, on one of the shows, I, I got to look up the quote. He basically said, you tell me one department that does better without IT. Well, and the other thing is we get to meet every single person in a company because we don't stay in a silo. 
And, you know, in IT, you, you, I've been in IT long enough that you see things you're not supposed to see and you can't unsee them. You hear things you're not supposed to hear and you can't unhear them. It's true. And a lot of times you get treated like office furniture or the janitor and people just talk to each other around you without even acknowledging you're there or, or uh, talking like you were there. So you hear things. And so you have a unique window into an organization that you'd think more leaders or business leaders would want to leverage. Hmm. The, so how much more could you do with just 1% of that P&L? In other words, if we took 1%, if we raised our IT line item on the P&L by 1%, how much could we affect the bottom line? So if, let's say it's 3% and you said it's not even 3%, but let's say we gave you 4%. How much could you make that extra percent flow through down to the bottom line? Do you believe you could add, make up for that 1% easily? Without question. So we just need to, so it's always a numbers game for the, for the, in my opinion, for the CFO and the CTO and CEO, it's always a numbers game. It's always about, what can you prove? Well, show me the numbers, show me the money, you know, all that type of stuff. Kind of like, well, like, well, so when we were talking to the first vendor about outsourcing my role, you know, the other tech and I were starting to talk and we're, we're you know, we're talking tech. We're, we're sniffing each other out. We're kind of like dogs sniffing each other's butts to figure out, you know, like, okay, what, what shop <laughs> are you? What's your knowledge level? Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And he stops us. He goes, hey, 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 this is verbal diarrhea. And I actually followed up with it. I'm like, hey, you know, when you said that, I guess how you feel how I feel when you guys start talking margin and ROI. Okay. Because I just blank out. Well, that's that, a problem. You know, that, that is a problem. But, you know, and that maybe that's a failure on my part that I don't take more interest in those things. But it, maybe it's a failure also on their part for not including or making that a priority in my world to know those things. Because a lot of those things are, I don't know if it's intentional, but they are not visible to me. It's I mean, not that they're not visible to me. I mean, I'm rude. I can do whatever I want, but I don't because I have some ethics. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm, I'm finding this episode, by the way, because I got to make sure I get it wrong because it wasn't Milo's topic. Um, <clears throat> uh, but I am going to find, I am going to find this out. Um, but with, with that being said, it's not like it's, it's not that complicated, I think, to measure the numbers and to measure the return on investment. Because when you have vent and that, and that could be, that might, this is the bridge, I believe, between IT and getting a seat at the executive round table in the leadership piece, because IT has to learn that language of business in order to translate and Right. Because because the the up the higher up guys they're never going to learn they're never going to learn the IT language they're not going to learn right. nad, nadding right. they're not going to learn you know I mean and I, I don't guess, expect you know, them to, you know I don't expect them to and that's why I talk in a lot of analogies you know when we lost a node on our cluster I said hey we've we we lost we're in a plane we have four engines we lost one we're we're not going to crash. <laughs> We'll get there, but we can't lose a second plane or we can't lose a second engine because if we lose a second one, we're going down. <laughs> we might have to chuck some weight overboard to stay up, mm-hmm. you know, turn some VMs off. But, uh, um, you know, so I use a lot of analogies like that, but uh, they also need to like, 
Well, for instance, we had a uh, facility where there was multiple buildings. There was no conduit between those buildings and I had a wireless link. I'm driving into work one day and I drive past the place and I noticed that they repaved the entire lot. Okay. Well, it would have been nice. No, I could have had them put a conduit in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we built a new uh, training center. Uh, they, you know, uh, my boss comes down and goes, hey, they just poured the floor for the new training facility. And I said, you remembered <laughs> to put in that uh, outlet for the podium, correct? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, lordy, lordy. I know. It's stuff like so, that. That's really. There were so many times where I'm like, if you would have just let me just give, you know, I'm a problem solver at, at heart. It doesn't matter what the problem is. But I get accused a lot of doing tech for the sake of tech. But you could be a pro- um, problem it, preventer. That's kind of you know what. I, I, right before COVID hit, I don't know what came over me, but I stopped by my local hardware recycler, and they had a box of webcams sitting there. And I said, "How much for these?" He goes, "I'll give you the whole box for forty bucks." So I took them. I gave every single person in an office a webcam, and the next day I came back, and half of them were on my desk. And then when COVID hit. Mike, where's those webcams? Do you have any more webcams? Mm, mm. Here, it, yeah. No kidding. And then we've got people that are driving around to every Best Buy. How many laptops do you have? Give me them all. Give me every version. Give me this. Um, you know, one of the other episodes with, with Anthony Wheat, he said, this is how he put it. He said, why would a CEO not want the person with full visibility across the entire business, all departments and all groups of people sitting next to him at the executive round table. I have no idea. You know, <laughs> I, I said, we are the best, the, the book I was reading, it said, we're the IT is the best position in any company to understand the business. We don't understand it. We're just the best position to, because we interact with every portion of it. <clears throat> you know, like, I don't necessarily understand what some of the business terms are, but I know how they flow through the system and I know what can happen when they're not there. Go get an assistant. Just go get an assistant manager job at Burger King and you'll know it in six months. That was the best training I ever got was working for Starbucks for, I don't know, three or four years. It was, Uh, it was also the moment where I felt like I could only ever be told, like, even though you're producing like small miracles on a daily basis and you see the millions, right. That are rolling in. And then you're like, what about my $39,000 a year? You know, you know, whatever. And I'm working like a slave (laughs) and, uh, you know, uh, that the the understanding of gross margin, controllable costs, operating costs, labor, flow through profit, that was priceless when it, um, you know, so thank you, Howard Schultz. Um, thank you for that. Um, you know, that was priceless. But you know, what's interesting is, and I wrote an article years about on SD-WAN pieces. I went into Starbucks one day, they're like, sorry, uh, your drinks were free today. I was like, why? They're like, our internet's down. What? What do you mean? Like you can't take like I even know like the gap if that's if they're still in business anymore. Like the last I checked, they had like a tertiary internet SD WAN failover scenario through like a VMware Velo Cloud type of thing where you've got, you know, three connections. So you can always take a credit card. 
how many you know? people in that? And it was like a weird network outage too for, that have probably affected thousands of stores within like, you know, the New England area or Northeast or something. How many free coffees did they give away? How much labor did they pay out? How much product did they give away? How many lost payments? How many like, and then not only that, they also gave me a free, yeah, they also gave me a free, well, you can track it because they have you counting every coffee bean at the end of the night. But, but they were also giving out like, you know, here's a free coffee and here's a free one the next time you come in. Anyways. Yeah. Phil Bucks. Well, I I did have uh, some retail experience. I worked at Radio Shack during the You Have Questions, We Have Answers era. Radio Shack, man. Love it. All uh, I had to do was take to, one picture. I took. I was in Biddeford, Maine a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I took one picture of the radio empty Radio Shack place when I because I was going to breakfast at this place called All Day Breakfast. There's still an empty Radio Shack store there with the big radio original oh. Radio Shack. Took one picture of it, got like forty thousand views on LinkedIn, and like hundreds of comments. Yeah. But anyways, oh, so it. how was that? How was the Radio Shack? You know, of course we miss those days. Of course we do. No. I I actually have uh I have decided I'm gonna donate one of my 3D printers to my local library uh-huh. uh just so I can meet other geeks in the area uh-huh. because that's where you met geeks was at Radio Shack and we don't have it anymore. <laughs> you can go to the um I think you can probably go to the robotics like competition, local robotics competition. I was in jujitsu the other day and my, the, one of our instructors, black belt instructors was like, Hey, I had to go to like the robotics competition the other day. He's like, I was surprised they have their own chance. He's like, they have their own chance in their own world too. Just like we do. <laughs> like they're human too. <laughs> you, know, you know, us IT people, we're a little awkward. Yeah. Our hobbies are weird, but we're people. Oh, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. I don't know if we solved the world's problems with IT getting a seat at the executive roundtable, but I think the perception of value is probably the biggest thing here is because once you know your value, now you just need to yeah. sell that. You need to communicate that value, but you need to know that. Well, you- that was one thing that I was kind of like, you know, well, every time I talk with that vendor, they love me. And then, you know, like that vendor, they, those people love me. Why doesn't my own family? Hmm. Oh my gosh. And, you just really, you know, did. that's going to be depressed now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're okay. It's like, why does everyone else love me? But my own family, it's true. It's, it's true. But, well, you can always work for a vendor. Yeah. You can always get, you know, the sales engineering job is great. It's like, why do you back to the office, back to the office space again? You know, uh, why do you work here again? I told you I work here. So that I talk to the people, so the engineers don't have to. You know, like, exactly. you know that's you always get a. Sale. I'm a people person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is he's done his <laughs> jobs? <laughs> How I say that? Why do we need the yeah. sales rep? Why do we need the sales person mm-hmm. if we have the sales engineer? I'm still trying to figure that one out. Oh. Well, somebody has to keep IT away so that management can. <laughs> Buy the song and dance that sales oh, sells true. them, and then so that IT can be the whipping boy when uh, they can't deliver on sales's promises. Mm. Yes, yes. So that's probably a whole nother show. Um, my quotes are as follows: from the top of the page down, I realized I need 
worked myself to death. Automation. <laughs> We're going from worked myself to death to automation. Hat in hand and beg. That is a note on my page. Yeah. Huh. Can do. Team player equals something. Gourmet IT on demand. Cheapening and cheapens the value of it. Yeah. Gourmet IT on demand. Just don't do that. <laughs> don't um, do that. Don't do that. This is these are huge learning points points. Believing in self. Oh, made you believe stuff about yourself that's not true. That's yes. That's that's some uh I don't know what that is. That's amazing. Perception of value. Oh, hard is easy. Easy is hard. Love it. It's really this is really such a this is really was a good show. Business partner versus vending machine. <laughs> it's just great bullet points. Dude, maybe the solution is a two-day strike. We need to do a two-day strike. Everyone listening to the show, I we're gonna have a day where we we do a two-day strike. But well, um, it, it's kind of funny when HR says, "Well, it seems like this situation has deteriorated rapidly," and you say. No, it's been deteriorated for a long time. I just simply stopped holding it together. Uh, the um, It's going to be another holiday stacked up, another pointless, worthless holiday stacked up with everyone else. But what would be better would be the, the National Two-Day IT Strike Day. Everyone together is going to leave now. So... Um, regardless, yeah. Mike, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, I, I thank you very much thank for sharing very, and any last words, me, any final words? I just really want to thank you for having me on the show. I'm not quite sure how you found me because I don't consider myself a popular IT nerd. Oh no, this um, was popular. Right. This was price. <laughs> this was priceless. Believe me. But uh, uh, I, you know, just thanks again. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Um, you know, to all of you disheartened IT workers out there, don't forget you do amazing, hard, sophisticated work yes. daily. Yes. That other people can't do. Yes. And you don't get paid for what you do. You get paid for what you know how to do. Yeah. So just stop doing it. Go on strike and stop handing people other sticks to beat you and, with. Yeah. Well, sometimes the only way you can show your value is to just withhold it. <laughs> yes yes i wonder i'm glad um i hope my wife doesn't listen to this show <laughs> i'm not changing diapers i am not feeding people i'm not i'm done yeah. if you've ever had your wife i have eight kids so if you've ever had like your wife disappear for some reason like you know something happened and you have to like fend for yourself for a couple of days i just become a delegation machine i'm like all right you do the dishes you do this you do that what do you guys want to do let's break all the rules let's go out tonight let's get ice cream caller Anyways. i have i have two but i i have two at home and uh yeah but uh yeah it doesn't work that way with them i i I had to change diapers. Luckily, we're well, well beyond that now. But yes, well, have a wonderful evening, sir. Afternoon, you too. And uh, we, I, right. I look forward to talking soon. 